Welcome back to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus. I'm Shane Simmons, and with me, I have Associate Dean of Academic Programs, Phil Powell. Phil, how you doing today? Hey, Shane. How's it going? For some of those people out there who may not be dealing with supply chain management on a daily basis, explain the importance of supply chain management. Supply chain management refers to getting everything to the doorstep of the company that's needed as inputs to then generate a product or a service to deliver to the customer. Supply chain management has changed over the years. There was this old model supply chain management. Now there's this new wave of supply chain management. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. In the old days, when you mentioned supply chain management, people thought one thing, reduce costs, squeeze your vendor for all they're worth to lower your input prices. It was a very transactional approach. The literature now emphasizes supply chain management as a strategic differentiator. Embrace your vendors, embrace your suppliers in a strategic sense, and use it as a way to enhance your overall business models. So it's not just about cost, it's about your ability to deliver a great product in the marketplace. Absolutely. I mean, it's gone from supply chain supplier to supply chain partner. You just heard from Professor Amru Aweishi, Professor of Operation Management at the Kelly School of Business here on the IUPUI campus. Amru has his PhD from the Ivy School at the University of Western Ontario. He joined the Kelly School in fall of 14 from IE in Spain. It used to be, you know, what can we do with our suppliers? How can we nickel and dime them? How can we bring the costs down? The new way of thinking is taking a longer-term perspective. There's been a paradigm shift in trying to understand how can we think strategically with our suppliers? How can we look at the long-term relationship a firm has with its suppliers? So Amru is saying companies are working on building long-term relationships with their suppliers, which didn't used to be the case. And Amru says there's good reasoning why companies are doing this, including separating themselves from things we would consider unethical, like poor working conditions, child labor, environmental pollution. Ten years ago, we used to think about the supply chain as a black box. We really didn't know what happens inside it. We don't understand uh, all the relationships and the intricacies of those relationships. But technology has changed that. If you look at today, everybody's got a cell phone with a camera. Uh, They can record something. They can have that information for quite a while. And the Internet is out there as their publisher. If there is something bad that's happening in your supply chain, like child labor or forced labor or the bad working conditions for the employees and your suppliers, you see that come to the forefront very quickly. So Amru makes a good point here. If you're a firm and your supplier doesn't provide what we would see as quality working conditions for their employees, that could shine a bad light on your company. But my question to all this would be, what do small and medium-sized businesses have at stake here? I mean, doesn't the bad press when it comes to these poor supplier working conditions just impact big corporations? The research from Amru says it affects firms of all sizes, and it affects more than just your publicity, positive or negative. So my research looks at what are the drivers for firms to get involved in socially responsible practices, and what are the impact of these socially responsible practices on your performance? So it makes sense to get involved in these practices, even if you're not a fully visible firm. There are implications on the bottom line for a firm. I look at three specific 
uh, dimensions within the supply chain. Uh, supply chain transparency, how visible are we in the supply chain? Does the end consumer know who we are? Uh, dependency, how dependent are you on your suppliers or how dependent are your suppliers on you? And finally, the distance, how far, how far separated are you from the end consumer or from the raw material sourcing of the product? Amru says, in the old way that you manage supply chains, these three dimensions did not get too much attention from managers. In fact, they were ignored by most companies. It was only dependency, and dependency was really only one-way directional. How dependent is the supplier on, on me? And we used to see it in the large auto manufacturers where they wanted a supplier to be very tied into them so they could squeeze everything out of them, really nickel and dime them. And where the world has gone now in the last little bit, we've seen suppliers want to get away from being dependent fully on a firm because they understand that if a firm really controls all their business, they can really squeeze them. Part of what I look at is the differences between cultural and geographical distance. So we're seeing a lot of uh, geographical spread of supply chains, you know, people sourcing from Europe or maybe sourcing from South America and sourcing from Far East Asia. Now, there's a distance dimension to that. Uh, and there's a lot of distance spread between those, but there's also a cultural difference. And I'm guessing that cultural distance is where companies need to be careful. Yes, because in some countries, practices that are acceptable here in the United States are not acceptable there and vice versa. Cultures are different. Business norms are different. So if I was dealing with a firm in Europe, there's a lot of geographical distance, but there isn't a lot of cultural distance. Uh, things like child labor, forced labor, we pretty much have the same cultural understanding with firms that are based in Europe, where these expectations that we've come to uh, believe as norms, they might not be norms in other parts of the world where they have different cultural expectations. We all want better working conditions for ourselves and for everybody else. We want the products that we purchase to have been sourced responsibly. It does make the buyer feel better about what they are buying. But next, we found out how socially responsible suppliers impacted the bottom line for a firm. My research finds that when you are more involved in, with firms and understanding what they're doing in their socially responsible practices, those firms actually perform better than firms that do not. What are classic performance indicators that improve? Very basic metrics like supplier on-time performance, supplier quality metrics. If we're thinking about how this more sophisticated approach to supply chain management impacts the income statement, impacts process, so that I'm making more profit at the end of the day. What are some specific ways that we see impact there? I can think of three ways that really will have a direct relationship onto the income statement. First, this idea of increased labor productivity. When you signal this long-term perspective to your suppliers, it really shows them that you're in it for the long haul. You're willing to work with them, making sure that they can improve their performance across a range of dimensions. Uh, and that will ultimately lead to increased labor productivity. The second thing you can think of is this idea of improved quality. When you help set expectations, when you work with the suppliers and telling them what you want, they're much more likely to help deliver the exact products or the exact specifications that you're looking for. And I think the third one that has a lot of impact that we all understand is this idea of a stronger brand. We associate or customers associate better with firms that have a positive impact on the society. So the bottom line, what Amaru is saying is that being ethical is just good for business. They're aligned. And there are organizations out there who are promoting for fair trade and socially responsible business practice. Absolutely. I assume everybody right now is drinking a cup of coffee. So I'll ask them to look at, you know, what is it saying on the side of the cup of your coffee? Uh, there's two ways firms can go down this path. There's 
the fair trade alliance that a lot of manufacturers are involved in, and this is a certification. Uh, you can have, there's a number of different certifications out there that you can have as a brand or a badge on your product, specifically coffee here in this example, that tells you that this was sourced ethically, that the suppliers were taken care of. So by now, we know the research tells us that firms who focused on socially responsible supply chain management saw improvements in their key performance indicators. But how do you get the supplier on board? That's not always easy. Well, first of all, I think it's important that the firm communicates to its suppliers why is it interested in doing this. And what I really want to get to now is talk about why you should be involved in these socially responsible practices. Uh, by being more involved with your suppliers, kind of knowing the intricacies, really understanding how they function within their own operations, how they treat their own employees, you get a better understanding of the firm itself. So A, it's great, you can help reduce negative uh, social issues that you were kind of alluding to earlier, but really uh, another benefit is you truly understand your suppliers, you truly understand your supply base, and that leads you to preempt or remove any risks or a lot of risks that might arise had you not known your suppliers. So at the end of the day here, what we've learned is that while sometimes companies may think that putting more time and more resources into making sure that their company's suppliers are being socially responsible, it's not a burden which has been the uh, kind of understanding for a lot of people here. I mean, this is something that ultimately is good for your business. Absolutely. You know, our understanding of good business has evolved over time. Our old understanding was is that being socially responsible imposed too much cost on the organization. What we discover here is that actually thinking about your impact on society lowers your cost, increases your profit. It's a win-win. And we finally discovered that what's good for society can be good for business, especially when it comes to managing your supply chain and how your vendors conduct business. <laughs> And that's going to do it for this episode of the ROI Podcast. This podcast was recorded in Indianapolis on the beautiful IUPUI campus. And we'd like to send a special thanks to Kelly School Professor Amru Awaishi. You can stream or download the ROI Podcast through iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, or our website, hub.kelly.iupui.edu. And we'll see you next time here on the ROI Podcast.